free from GP Ran to Tommy B Broadcasting live on your frequency Giving you updates on these Georgia streets These are voices for the people that don't get to speak Issues, black news The conversation's deep Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat iPods, Androids, or your laptop These boys swinging for the fence Saying lie Then came a long way from being homies on the block From afros and braids and now they at the top You want facts? This is where I get them from GP3 RTT at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546 Follow us on iTunes Give us a 5 star Follow us on SoundCloud GP3 Homies from the Block And now, here's Ran, Tut and Tommy B GP3 Homies from the Block Hey, what's up y'all? We are back Back Again, man, it is... uh... Uh, round number 59, GP3. Dag, man. 59. 59, man. Approaching 59. the big 6 0. 59 rounds. <laughs> yeah, I know. 59 <laughs> rounds. How many rounds has Floyd Mayweather fought, man? Has it been 59, man? You're like obsessed with Mayweather. What's up, man? Hey, man. Look, look, look. Is he the greatest uh, left? Or what? I mean, I, you know, boxing is not the same as it once was. So no, I, I, I really, I really don't know who, who I don't keep up with. I don't keep up with MA either. So man, I, I really don't. What's know. the guy? Klitschko. One of them retired, man. Yeah, one's still boxing. He's the heavyweight yeah, champ. I think so. But you know, with him, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. I mean, but but my whole point about having him as a champ, he he doesn't say anything. He he has no personality. Well, he's like a machine. Uh, well, he's like that guy from uh, Rocky. Well, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I mean, he really you know, is. I mean, let's be I, honest, man. I destroy all men. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, man. Before <laughs> Ali, before Ali, man, no champs. Champs were always yeah. quiet. But you know, you got. Uh, under, I mean, I that, guess you're right. Historically, I mean, Ali would change the game. Ali spoiled us, man. He definitely did. All right. Hey, man, why they call us GP3? Oh, man, that stands for Grove Park 3, man, the three of us. I'm Rand and, and, and uh, a member of Meritai, Tut, yep. and you. Tommy B. We all went to Grove Park Elementary School in the Grove Park section of town, which is the 30318 zip code off of Bankhead Avenue. And so I lived on Avenue? Yes, yeah, Bankhead Avenue. Okay. Now it's it's known as what? Uh, Hollowell. Hollowell. Yeah, we get used to that. Yeah. Ever, ever. <laughs> yeah, I never get used to it either. Never get used to it. So, I grew up on South Elizabeth Place. Tut grew up on Charlotte Place. And North Ave. Okay. North Ave. The famous North Avenue. Yes, it is. Jumping, leaping over streets. That's the only place in Atlanta. You got, you know, streets that start and jump. No, there's about 20 other streets. Like, about <laughs> you know, 20 other streets. It's like, like damn. But no, but, ain't that the North Avenue from... <laughs> But what's interesting is that sixty miles away, we lived on. Yeah, we live. La- you live really near the very end. I'm at the Baker. Yeah, right at the Baker end, Road, end of North Avenue. Yeah. That you know, people don't realize it goes from that zip code all the way yeah. through, right in front of Coca Cola. Yep, all the way across town. So yeah, it's amazing, man. It's amazing. So hey, man, let's just jump right into it. Um, and I know y'all been hearing it, and and you know, Rand didn't really want to talk about it. Neither did I. I'll just bring it up. Uh, because it is news, Weinstein. Um, and, um, you know, our, our, I, I guess when you hear Hollywood and you hear these kind of stories, you don't really, you're not shocked, are you? No, I'm not shocked, man. Hollywood has never been uh, 
a place of what I call um, you, you hold a litmus test too in terms of cultural mm-hmm. um, uh, or social norms, man. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I mean, let's be quite honest. The Hollywood started in the in the turn of the century. Uh, the casting couch. Back with silent films. Right. I mean, that, that, that doesn't make it right. Right. But, but it's ca- just, it just says, this look. Is, I mean, this has been, this is uh, in the DNA of Hollywood, unfortunately. The casting couch has always been something that's been a part of it, where yeah. young starlets were basically exploited sexually for favors. Yeah. You know? But, you know, one of the things I wanted to bring up as as all this comes about, you know, the whole big thing with uh, with black actresses and, and pay and, and one of the things I, I'd, I'd said was, you know, with, with all this going on, you know, when you talk about a studio that large uh, having those kind of issues, can you imagine how difficult it is or was or, you know, let's just say is for a black actress to go in and, and get her worth with all that stuff going on? You know, can you imagine? Because when you look at uh, somebody, who, who was it, um, uh, Monique, when Monique's talking about you know, what she gets offered and mm-hmm. and like what Taraji P. Henson gets paid mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, some of the art, some of the actresses who are coming up in mm-hmm. this whole thing. Um, right. Their names are being bought up uh, and you compare the money that they make. It, it's right. the disparity is is incredible. It's, it's not incredible. It's unconscionable. Yeah. Yeah. So my whole point in saying that is. You know, the bigger that's a this is a big issue and and it definitely should be discussed. But I hope somebody also brings up the disparity because I think it does play into that. If you, well, you if know, you look the, at, this whole thing is about power. Yeah. It's but, all but about power, power has the ability right. to pay those right. actors. It's, it's all about power, man. Yeah. It's, it's all about power, man. And you know, the significance of this is like you said, um, it's about the disparities and the abuse of power. Yeah, but if you if you look at and I and I can't come up with a number, but I do know, um, you know, Monique was talking about the some fact of these white actresses make eleven times more than a, than an Af- yeah. yeah. African American counterpart easily on a easily. given day. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, because if you follow them and you you see, um, in general, some of the roles that they play and some of the money that a lot of the films will generate, right. because most black films are profitable. They're very profitable. Compared to what the budget? That's right. That's right. They you, don't. you find very few black films that lose money. Am I correct? The ones that get greenlighted. Yeah, I, you, you know, you know what the the thing is. I think you know, and also a new myth I didn't realize it has been propagated for years is that you know the myth is that uh, black films don't do well overseas. Yeah. And finding out that that's a myth. Yeah. They they do quite well overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, to your point, these these actors and actresses, they are relegated to always, quote, the supporting role, the buddy role, mm-hmm. uh, in which that means that they, they get probably less than supporting buddy, buddy money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? But I, I think it's going to come up, though. I, I, I hope it does. I, you know, I don't know if it's going to come up, but I, I hope it comes up. Um, but we're bringing it up. Yeah. How about that? We're bringing it up. But, <laughs> we'll bring know, it up. You know, but again, <laughs> until you have more of, of us running studios and green lighting with the ability to green light and fund these movies and these projects. Yeah. Uh, we got to have more of those. Yeah. Because that's true. Because we're still on the talent end of it. Yeah. True enough. Well, speaking of that, um, Jay-Z is trying to buy into the Weinstein company. Yeah. Um, he is looking at uh, purchasing about 23% of the company. Um, he, um, which I wasn't aware, what is it, the Khalif? 
Browder? Yeah, Browder story. It's a sad story. What, what's that about? A young man that was arrested with no charges. Mm. And he was in jail for several years. Wow. With no charges. Uh, young man eventually got out because of his incarceration. He was in, he was in solitude for a while. Wow. Uh, and, of course, with all the other horrifics of being in prison, uh, the young man developed mental issues and he ended up committing suicide. Amazing. And he was probably less than 25 years of age. Yeah, and that was a Weinstein project. Right. And, and also um, on the plate is the Trayvon Martin. There's a Trayvon Martin miniseries. Uh, that's in production, and, and that's why Jay Z's looking to buy about twenty three percent of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually, he's been working. He worked on those projects, so um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And on another note, just in, it, it, was, it was interesting. Uh, Rose McGowan. Who the hell is that? Uh, she's one of the actresses um, that had an issue with Weinstein. Um, she was very vocal on Twitter, and mm-hmm. Twitter uh, suspended her account. Can you imagine and not suspending 45s? <laughs> well, again, I mean, this, this is, you a, know, I mean, when you when you take a step back and you look at who's calling the shots in yeah. Silicon Valley in the tech world, yeah. it's basically men. And a lot of these millennials, they are so disengaged with reality in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, you know, this is it doesn't shock me. It really doesn't yeah. shock me. Well, look, they're supposed to be, I think women are, supposed to um, do a boycott, a Twitter boycott based on, I'm not sure what's going on, but but it, it, it came out today. Okay. We shall see. Yeah, but well, damn. I hope. And I they hope. don't touch 45's account? No, man. <laughs> Just let you know, man. Just let damn. you know. Also on the light side, uh, Marshall's coming out. They've been showing a lot of clips for that. It looks good. I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, you know, one of the you things um, I didn't realize... Um, I think you mentioned it last week, Reggie Reggie Hutland, mm-hmm. uh, is the director behind it. Yep. And uh, I saw him in chat with Bozeman. And Chadwick made an interesting comment about uh, Marshall, which I thought was quite cool. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, with all these superhero movies coming out, yeah. Marshall was a real superhero. Yeah, he was. And so he said, you know, that he said that's what makes this thing so cool. Mm-hmm. This guy yeah. was a real superhero, you know, and and you know, if we had a Mount Rushmore for African-American giants, mm-hmm. you know, his name would definitely be in the conversation yeah. of who needs to be up there. On yeah, that, he'd on that be mind. on it with Frederick Douglass, you know. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and Dr. King. Dr. I mean, King, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, so that's a great thing about it. And um, mm-hmm. and I encourage um, young people out there, um, this is more about Frederick Douglass, I mean, um, Thurgood Marshall, mm-hmm. than just the Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah, this is pre-Brown, right? Am I correct? Uh, I think it's going to take you up to that point. Up to Brown? Okay. Yeah, and so it's going to show you how he was a very gifted mm-hmm. uh, attorney. Okay. And that his record in front of the Supreme Court is one of the highest of all time. Wow, okay. And so, you know, here's a guy who had over 30-some cases mm-hmm. at the Supreme Court and won, like, all of them except for one or two. Wow. So... Um, again, gifted man. Yeah, yeah. I hope you know, and, and he really reinvented um, the whole what a civil rights lawyer is. Very cool. So Very cool. Check it out, y'all. Oh man, um, Eminem and Trump. Yeah, I saw that, man. I saw that, man. <laughs> Did you see it live or, or what? No, I didn't Did see, see it. it I didn't see it. Live. I, I I heard about it. I think Nick sent a tweet about it. Yeah, and then I actually. Um, Heard it on the radio in the morning, and mm-hmm. I went and watched it on YouTube. 
and um, very scathing. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I hate to say this, it takes a person like Eminem to say this stuff mm-hmm. without receiving the backlash as opposed to if an African-American or a, or a female hip-hop artist would have said this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and one of the guys, um, actually, uh, who was it? Maybe MSNBC had a roundtable, and um, they were talking about, what's his name, Talib Kweli, mm-hmm. was doing an interview, and that's what he said. He said it takes one of his own because you you got to keep in mind, I mean, part of uh, Eminem, his audience is blue collar. I mean, that whole uh, eight they, mile. Uh, they, you they, know? They, I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. I mean, they are rust it's belt. Hardcore. They, they're rust belt. It's cool. hardcore. And I mean, kind of like on both sides of the on both sides on of both the, sides of the racial spectrum. Yeah, if you look at almost like he's like the hip hop's Kid Rock, and. Um, Interestingly enough, uh, you know what what Talib was saying. Why it, it, it may take, uh, it has taken, you know, and we'll see how it comes out. Uh, one of one of quote unquote his own to hurl criticism that might hit home. So you know, one of the interesting things is, things is Trump has not responded, whereas well, he you know he's already uh, Jamil Hill uh, Hill from ESPN was suspended a couple of weeks and immediately. You well, know. that's that's the part of the whole bully mindset. Mm-hmm. You, we, we, it's gonna they're gonna pick on individuals who they feel is perceived to be weaker. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jamil Hill is a boss. Yeah, she's a beast in herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's amazing how Trump will not go after individuals who he perceives who are not afraid of him. Yeah, yeah. Or who are not uh, or, or minorities or women who he feels he has a superiority over. Yeah. Uh, because essentially, I mean, here is um, Eminem, who is a kid from the street. Yep. He is a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he basically grabbed his crotch and told Donald to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Donald likes to focus on individuals. He thinks he's tougher than, mm-hmm. i.e., the Jeb Bushes of the world, that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. He, you know, he he says he's from going Queen. after Lamarco. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you know. yeah. You know, he won't go. You know, you notice he won't go after a longshoreman. No, <laughs> you, no. Know, no. You, know, it's, no. you know, it's you know, it's that that bully mentality. I'm gonna go after someone who I think I I'm, I, I can beat. Well, you know, interestingly enough, they showed it's not like a boxer. You know how boxers are. Boxers are always had it too. I want to fight the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, interestingly enough, uh, they were showing a clip from MTV where Trump introduced Eminem. Mm-hmm. I think it was an album, like he had a new album coming out. Okay. And it was almost like a campaign where, you know, vote for Eminem, right. where Trump was doing the intro. Oh, yeah. Well, that's part, you know, that was part so of his... So this was back song. in 2004. He was like, rah, rah, you know, boom, boom, you know, this was all about he. You yeah. know, Trump was trying to rub noses with celebrities. And yeah, stuff. yeah, back in the day. So, and now, you know, basically, you know, and and a lot of folks, um, you know, I think some of some of M's fans because one of the lines in the in the uh, in the in the beef track talks about drawing the line in the sand. Yeah, he said, "I'll and, draw it for you." Yeah, and, and you join, <laughs> you know, those with me, and if you're not with me. You're against me. You right. know, if you're for him. And I don't care. And I don't care. <laughs> so a lot of, I mean, there, there, there's been a contingency of former M fans who've just said, okay, man, I'm done with you. 
yeah. you know, MAGA, M A G A, right? And 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 uh, and then there have been those fans who said, you know, I'm with you. And a lot of folks are asking, man, is this kind of like you know what the Dixie Chicks went through, right? With Bush, you know, remember, remember that, right? When um when they stood Hip-hop out, fans are not like that. We'll, we'll see because hip hop fans are not like no, that. No, I, I agree. I think that the core hip hop fans, but I think Eminem has his fans of just all over the place. Well, see, you got, you, you got, got that level of but, rock. But, you got but, that level of yeah, but, folks but, who listen but to but country. I mean, I'm amazed. But, Every but, time I talk to people, you remember that song, Lose Yourself? Mm-hmm. I had a guy, one of the most conservative guys in the world, one of, a client, got in the car. He said, man, I want you to hear this song. Popped it in, it was like lose yourself, the uncut version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, you listen to this? Yeah. He said, I love this song. I love what it's saying. Yeah, but you gotta understand. Hardcore country, country the, fan. The, the, Go ahead. the nature of, of hip hop is is always against the, is always about the against the establishment. Yeah, yeah. So this right here for a lot of his his fans, <clears throat> what it does is it just it, it just reaffirms. Yeah, yeah. Their belief in him or their liking of him and reaffirms their belief in hip hop. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, he's gonna lose some fans, but hip hop artists always tell you they don't give a crap. Yeah, yeah. We'll and see. The, and the fact is, he's at a point in his career, he does not have to worry about streaming sales. He doesn't have to worry about album yeah, sales. He sold what? How many? Forty right. plus he's, million. He, you know, he's not like these these yeah. these young boys, these these YouTube sensations. Mm-hmm. Who you know who who play it very safe because they're trying to get that big deal. Yeah, yeah. His attitude is like, look, I got my money. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. I mean, not done, but you know. Right. Um, I can I can plot my course for the rest of my life with what I got. Right. Me and my little girl. So. Right. All right, man. Get on that Trump train, and uh, Tillerson and Trump, the IQ test. <laughs> Can you believe? Can you believe? What can you hell? believe? It's got. Can you believe the president of the United States? <laughs> Yeah. It's talking about an IQ test. Can you believe that an IQ test is being mm. talked about in, in when you're talking about the presidency? Yeah, that that's all coming out of this conversation about the moron and and the interestingly enough and Bob uh, Corker. I mean Bob yeah. Corker. I mean you know all this stuff is. Mm-hmm. I think what is happening is like um I know you just sent me a text about um. Bannon believes that Trump has about a thirty percent chance. Of, yeah, this is from Vanity Fair. Right, right. Yeah. You know, which I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's higher than that, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's his opinion. Yeah. All this is, all this is, swirling around the instability, and in that the case for the twenty what twenty fifth amendment. Mm. Whereas that the vice president and the cabinet, I didn't realize as I read it, the vice president and cabinet, if they believe that the president is is, is not stable, mm-hmm. they can they can invoke the twenty fifth amendment yeah. and have him removed. And and somebody was joking last night, and they were saying, y- your next cabinet pick, <laughs> you better make sure, right, right, he's cool, or right, you know, because you know everybody around that table, man. If you look at Mattis, you look at. Um, you know, Mattis, Mnuchin, yeah, okay. Well, you got Mattis, you got you got Kelly. Kelly. Um, you got the um, the guys in charge of the national security. He's a general. Because uh, the, these guys are hardcore patriots. Yes, they are. It's, it's, it is my country above everything else. Yeah, so if they feel like it's going, going I don't want to say going left, but if it's, if it's going haywire. Going, going haywire. Right, I mean, you know, a lot of the articles was basically saying is that they're afraid to lead a guy alone. 
that these guys have already had conversation about tackling him if they think he's gone. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, tackling him, man. Physically? Physically, because they are afraid. <laughs> because people don't realize he can invoke the nuclear codes. He mm. does not need congressional approval to do this. He mm. needs congressional approval to declare a war. But he can he can hit the nuclear button. How real is this, man? Huh? How real is this? I think the fact is that they are so concerned concerned with his erratic behavior, mm-hmm. and so it's not about you know the tackling might be it might be overused. Yeah. Uh, but I think what they're concerned is they they spend so much of their time trying to figure out on a daily basis, as opposed to governing. Mm-hmm. How do we keep this guy within the guardrails? Mm-hmm. Because they they've been implementing tactics such as delays and a whole lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Because they know right now he is so he is so obsessed over Russia. Yeah, he's so obsessed over Russia because of if he finds out collusion was made, mm-hmm. his credibility mm-hmm. as president. Is up is you know he, he he's he's basically built his case on fake news right right yeah so then you have so how then, do you pivot that right right how do you, I mean <laughs> where's that a pivot right he he hasn't had because Mueller Mueller is how do you say his name Mueller 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 okay. Mueller yeah. Mueller is quiet Mueller yeah. they they ain't, they ain't, nothing ain't leaking out of the Mueller camp. Right, right, right. It ain't it ain't like the leaky White House. Oh no, not like the leaky White House. And, and so no. the, then you got the, the Mueller investigation. Then you got this yeah. whole thing about his inability to govern. Yeah, yeah. And to negotiate. You know, he he said he was the greatest negotiator in the world. Mm. And so right now he's he's leading the country by policy changes and executive orders. Yeah, which the uh, ACA, ACA took a hit, I guess, today. with uh, It took a, took another hit, took another big hit. With more leniency for across state line right. deals that can be made for healthy right. so, people. So, you know? Yeah, and, and so basically the, the, the one thing he's very good at mm-hmm. is throwing grenades in a room and walking out. Yeah, yeah. So he's pushing everything mm-hmm. back to the Congress. He's pushing everything back to the state levels. Okay. For these, like, you know, with ACAs going back down to the state levels. So mm-hmm. these governors are, these governors are going to be making some, some decisions. Mm-hmm. Wow. And now even with, um, with the Iran, uh, certification, decertification thing, mm-hmm. he's throwing that into the hands of a Congress. Wow. When his own security team says, you need to keep this thing alive. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, but he's done that on numerous occasions. Yeah. So this is how he governs. Well, you know, and, and this last thing, um, Puerto Rico, uh, the statement, you know, we, we were taping a little bit earlier this week. Um, and uh, one of the things that came out was the fact that uh, the intent to pull out the aid that's currently in Puerto Rico. Right. Well, I didn't realize this. What they did was some of the aid, they applied it to the debt. Ah. Uh. Uh, so, <laughs> so he's he's worrying about erasing the debt, right? So wow. basically, so some of the wow. <laughs> so they paid off some of the debt with the aid money. Wow! And also, to um, close to a half billion dollars was raised mm-hmm. has been raised for um, uh, Texas and in Florida. Mm-hmm. Less than ten million has been raised for Puerto Rico. Wow! And we haven't even. And t- how's it raised? How I'm just talking it? about all the fundraisers. Yeah, all fund- the fundraisers. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the number of troops on the ground, um, mm-hmm. they're decreasing the number of troops each day. Oh, wow. Right now, FEMA's feeding about 180,000 people a day. Mm-hmm. But there's roughly 2 million people that need meals. Wow. 
So, I mean, and we haven't even talked about the Virgin Islands, man. Yeah. You know, mm. you know, so, and then, you know, this whole thing about wanting to pull out. Yeah. Damn. I mean, I was. Uh, I well, mean, you know, I mean, my, my whole thing is we'll see. We'll see when 20. What is it? 18. 2018. Next year. Two months. Mm. Two months. And you're going to start seeing some. You're going to start seeing changes and stuff. man. Interesting. All right, man. What you got, man? You know, I've been thinking. Of, I've been, I've been reading several articles about uh, the Department of Justice, man, and, mm-hmm. and um, it seems like their new focus now is with all the stuff that's happening in, in our in our community. Mm-hmm. Their new focus is affirmative action at Harvard. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, man, w- does that really? Really, with with all the stuff that's going down, yeah. in terms of uh, social injustice, um, the 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 loosening of of some of the regulations and the laws and that type of stuff, mm-hmm. and we're going to focus on affirmative action at Harvard University because what has happened is a suit of Asian students has brought a suit against Harvard, saying that they're not getting in. Which, the reason they got in initially was affirmative action right, right. <laughs> so, well, well but now what's what's happening to happen- some extent well what's happening is that a lot of universities um like for example cal berkeley mm-hmm. asian students are no longer classified as minority students right okay well you know in california right but what see what's happening is in, in a lot of these i think what a lot of people need to understand mm-hmm. college admissions is a subjective process mm-hmm. okay yeah they only have so many beds, so many seats, mm-hmm. okay? So that means a lot of good people are not going to get in. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you have choices. Yeah, You have over 3,000 colleges you can apply to, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. A lot of times, it's not about which school you go to. Mm-hmm. It's about what you do at where you are yeah. Yeah. and what you do with it. Yeah. Okay? So you're talking about a subjective process, mm-hmm. okay, where... They look at grades and a whole bunch of other stuff. Right. Okay. So at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to make something objective, trying to make something subjective, objective. Yeah. But let's talk about affirmative action because what a lot of people don't realize is not minorities and women who are taking spots mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. It is the rich legacy kids yeah. Yeah. Who, are, who are basically saying, we are entitled to these spots, mm-hmm. and we want more spots. Yeah, and and the legacy kids, their yeah. families are still in. Right, they're, right. They're the legacy pouring money back into right. So a lot of so yeah. a lot of so what people don't understand is it's the the rich affluent white families mm-hmm. who basically who've always had a hookup mm-hmm. now get upset when someone else looks like they're getting a hookup. Yeah, yeah. and they're like, oh hell no. Yeah. You're messing up my hookup. And so I wish a lot of these these um, these these parents and these families, particularly uh, of the working class, blue collar type and the white ones, mm-hmm. they need to understand it's not Latinos and, 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 uh, and African-Americans taking your kids admission spot. Because, yeah. by the way, guess what? In most college campuses, on, the, on elite campuses, I hate to say this, mm-hmm. but they kind of cap the enrollment of, of blacks and Latinos, mm-hmm. you okay. know, yeah. n- less than 15 percent. Yeah. So that means 85 percent. Mm-hmm. Well, so now you're upset because the foreign students are coming in. Mm-hmm. All right. Guess what? The foreign students are coming over here, dropping a boatload of cash. Yeah. They pay cash. It's they pay cash. Cash. They're paying cash. Yeah. OK, so 
a lot of these schools, I mean, they don't have to deal with delayed money. Right. right. Boom. The kid ain't paying. They ain't not applying for a scholarship. Yeah. You let me in here. I mean, let's be quite honest. Um, it's, it's well documented that, um, what's his name, Jared Kushner? Kushner, yeah. It's well documented. His father paid a boatload of money to get him in the oh, harbor. His grades were not there. Right, right. Yeah. And so what they're saying, test scores <laughs> were not there. Yeah. So yeah. that's a. So if you're talking about affirmative action, yeah, that's a classic case of affirmative action. Legacy. For, yeah, legacy. So I yeah. think that, and then what we need to also understand is that with affirmative action, mm-hmm. we need to stop looking at college admissions. We need to look. Affirmative action is basically tied to your zip code. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're in a bad zip code mm-hmm. growing up, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the same opportunities as a kid in a great zip code. Wow. Okay? Because, you 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 know, they got zip code analysis that shows that. Mm. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you lived in some markets and you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I know I lived in Tallahassee for a while, and when they used to say across the railroad tracks, they were serious. Well, I think it works for you and against you based on the need of that school. You know what I mean? Uh, when opportunities or quote unquote holes come open mm-hmm. that they need to fill, then they may go to those. Right, they may zip go codes. to those. So you know, you lived in. When Te- I say zip codes, I mean the. Yeah. Uh, so when you and I lived in Texas, in yeah. Dallas, yeah. You remember when I think Bush was governor at the time? Yeah. You remember they were having a whole big issues about UT Texas. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that the rural Texans mm-hmm. and the Latinos and the African Americans state legislator got together mm-hmm. and they came up with this new thing mm-hmm. that said if you graduate in any high school in the state of Texas in the top 10% of your class okay you're guaranteed admissions to the University of Texas okay okay yeah sounds great right it's merit based yeah it's merit based yeah well the white folks in Highland Park <laughs> said uh uh-uh, uh oh hell no mm. you're not going to let uh th- th- that little that little latino from the valley get in over my kid and my kid's taking five AP classes and that kid is taking none. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a zip code right there because yeah. in, 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 in the, in the Valley, mm. those kids don't have AP classes. That's not the kid's fault. Yeah. You know, wow. That's the part of the racist system where we lived in that we didn't, we didn't provide that school with the, with the uh, proper um, things so they could compete. So what, what's with all this going on? What do you think? What's the uh, solution to it? I think what do you do? The solution to it? Yeah. I think what you need to do is, uh, when it comes to college admissions, I think some schools are doing it. I know uh, where Kendall went to school, they did it. They used they started a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. In other words, they looked at a kid's potential mm-hmm. more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they looked at the board scores, and they looked at the SATs and the grades and the classes. They did not as... They lessened the weight on those factors mm-hmm. because what they did was they did a lot of interviewing. Okay. And they wanted to get from a kid, they wanted to understand the essence of that kid as a person. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. where this kid was trying to go. Because they, I remember one of the, the deans of admissions told me one time, she says, I was more impressed with a Latino kid who got 1100 on the SAT, mm-hmm. who had to work three jobs and whose mom was in a drug rehab mm-hmm. facility yeah. versus a kid from let's say um, um, Alpharetta, mm-hmm. who scored fourteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because I understood where this kid was coming from, and I understood how important education was this kid's life. Right. Whereas right. this kid in Alpharetta, education was they felt was more of an entitlement. Well, if you look at you look at Silicon Valley, and you look at a lot of the young millionaires 
that are popping up. These guys are dropouts. You know, they, they are Harvard. They may have gone Ivy League for a year. Um, considering a future man in the workforce and the way things are changing, uh, I'm not saying it's not important, but how critical is Harvard to the success of the world right now? I don't think Harvard is or, uh, well. Uh, I, I, you know, I think the, the universe of college. I, I think education, the, the, the challenge, the, the, the challenges for schools like the Harvard and the Stanfords of the world that all of us have to deal with. That unfortunately, yeah. a lot of the key decision makers in the world are yeah. alumni of those schools. Yeah, yeah. So they have a wolf pack mentality. Yeah. They're going to stick together. Yeah. But to your point, um, I don't think it is as important of where you go to school as opposed to what you do. With, with the education that you receive. Because mm-hmm. I do believe that a kid could go to a state school or community college and do exceedingly well mm-hmm. and have has and could have just as lucrative career yeah. as a guy who went to Harvard. And this kid still could go to Harvard yeah. if he wants to. I mean, yeah. Harvard and Stanford and all these other Ivy League schools, I mean, they do have some distinct advantages. They do. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think education from the where our parents were taught is the same as it is for these kids coming out. Okay. Because, I mean, for example, let's look at our producer. Mm-hmm. Okay. He is learning so much mm-hmm. by working with us and some other stuff mm-hmm. that where he goes to school is not really adding to what he's doing. Yeah. It's, it's uh, it, you know, it, I, hate, I hate to overuse the word, but, you know, a lot of that learning is organic. Right. So, right. And, and it's practical. Right. It, it, exactly. Yeah. I do believe that universities... Um, in high schools, yes, at the high school level, they need mm-hmm. to start um, adding more practical and less theory. Less theory. I mean, because yeah. I say this all the time: a kid in the state of Georgia has to take American history, right? Mm-hmm. Why does he need to take it in college if he's not going to be a history major? Yeah, yeah. I mean, history hasn't changed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it hasn't changed. Yeah. You, you, it's the same dates. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, literally. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. there are other classes too, yeah. but I do believe that the, they need to start teaching kids more practical stuff. Okay. Because in Europe, I didn't realize this. Mm-hmm. Those kids go to school three and two and three years. Yeah. They don't do all the uh, necessary prerequisites like we do. Okay. Okay. They kind of go straight into it because their attitude is that we we educated you well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we don't need to focus on history. Yeah, yeah. You know, now what they what they've done is they've added classes like writing classes. Yeah, yeah. Classes to teach kids how to communicate their thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm. Project-based classes. Yeah. They yeah. do more uh cooperative learning, a semester work, a semester at school, those types of things. Yeah. And if, and they find out the kids are, are well prepared when they leave. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, so yeah. those those that, that's my biggest rant right now, man. This is the fact is that this um, this affirmative action thing Again, is being polarized just like the flag. Yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, damn, I hate to bring that up, man. That's just, you know, it's frustrating, man. Yeah, it really is frustrating when, yeah, when the issues that needed to be addressed, yeah, are being changed. Now, let me ask you this, brother. Yeah, man. Let's say if Colin Kaepernick would have sat on his knee and said, "I am not standing up to the flag because the way we treat our veterans when they come back." Mm. Yeah. Okay. The way way our veterans are being treated when they come back, they got PSTD. They, they, the VA hospital is not. No, I mean easily. I, I mean, yeah, I'll yeah. say this easily: he would have gotten more support. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, do you I mean, agree? I agree, man. I mean, it's. it's I, I think he would have gotten more support because it, it's you know. Even if you would say I'm I'm on need for breast cancer. Yeah, it's it's not as polarizing of an issue. 
as when you when you start, you know, you're talking about race and race is polarizing. Right. You right. know, and, and it's unfortunate, man, because, you know, it's it's a good cause. You know, I was I've been watching um, which I really hadn't watched a lot of ESPN. I've been watching just to kind of see the response uh, from Stephen A. and and Shannon Sharp mm-hmm. and a lot of these guys. And, and what I'm hearing uh, consistently from them is how the whole issue has been hijacked. You right. hear people say, you know, it's unfortunate it's been hijacked because, you know, the initial uh, protest was all about racial injustice and and police brutality. You remember when we were talking about it, right? Uh, you that know, was like in episode four or five, round you know, four or five, when, right? With all the things that were happening, yeah, and Tut was talking about the man week. wanted a job. <laughs> <laughs> we can erase that from the episodes, right? But but yeah, man. I mean, you know, and and one guy, one of the guys on uh, one of the shows may have been first take. Um, he said it's unfortunate that Kaepernick is the lead on this. Not that he's not a courageous and a good guy. He just is not as well-spoken, and he's not as vocal. He's, I don't know about I disagree with the well I'm only telling you. I disagree with the well-spoken part. Well, maybe, I, I, yeah. I do agree with you. Yeah. He is not. He, he, he is a quiet leader in this whole thing. Right, and, and the fact that he has been quiet could actually hurt the cause because, because of the way it's been hijacked. Well, his, I, his silence, and, and the guy said, he, he was blatant, he said, you know, the silence of Kaepernick has allowed this thing I would to agree, be hijacked. I would agree with that. But I think also, too, Kaepernick needed, for this thing to succeed, he needed to have one of them mm-hmm. uh, to, to be vocal with him. Yeah. To take yeah. a high pro, I, I, I'm just going to throw out a name, I'm not saying... I'm not trying to throw anything negative or positive. I'm just going to throw out a name hypothetically. If a guy like a J.J. Watt or mm-hmm. a Tom Brady, yeah, yeah, one yeah. of those guys yeah, yeah. would have would have stepped up and said, "I'm I'm with Colin." Mm-hmm. I think that would have I think would have had a greater impact. Yeah. Uh, but again, this is this is our history, man. We're always we're always the one out there leaning in. Yeah. Well, it, it's going to be interesting, man, because. Uh, what was the other thing about um, the protest? I was, I was, um, oh man, Navarra and Anna. Yes, she's my favorite conservative <laughs> man. And one of the uh, one of the other, it, it, he's a Republican. He has a as a talk show. Got into it um, this morning, heated, and Navarra called him out in a major way. And you know, Navarra is what Cuban. She's Hispanic. Yeah, she's Latino. I think she. And, yeah. And her her whole thing was how can because she was the, he was kind of questioning Colin's blackness, okay, which was ridiculous, because here's the thing, we see if you if if you're in the community and and you you're on Instagram and you follow people, there are several instances where Kaepernick is doing things in the community. I mean, his actions, see, his actions, are, to, to your point, are louder than his words. Yeah, he's he's out there going to schools. They have pictures. And what what this guy was saying this morning, was, you know, he's paid money to relocate some of those Confederate monuments. Yeah, he's doing things. And, and, and this guy was questioning, well, how can he lead this effort when he has done nothing? 
And man, she went off because the whole thing was she said, well, you name an instant where he had. Can you name it? How do you know? She said, well, I, I just don't ever see his name. She said, well, you, you're not in the lifestyle. You don't you're not you don't follow. You're not you're not in the circles where you would see the things and, that he does. And you know what, Tom, and, and that's to the point where we, we've always talked about. All you know, of us are living in these individual bubbles. Yeah. You don't know. I mean, if, if his conservative world and his conservative friends, you're not going to see Hannity and friends. Right. right you're not going to see that. Collins doing certain things. I see. I mean, I, I, I mean, it was it was interesting as they were having that conversation. I had just gone. Uh, it was it was either on Facebook or um, maybe an Instagram where um, you know an actress, a black actress, was sharing pictures of him. Yeah, with a bunch yeah. of high schoolers. Yeah, I think I've seen those pictures. Yeah, and he's doing stuff out there. He's just he's not out there trumpeting, you know, blowing his horn that he's right. doing all that. But but this morning, man, it was like, man, I said, are they gonna fight? <laughs> I mean, it was Springer, man. Yeah, because yeah. I thought I thought they won't get into it. Yeah, in that's, a major that, way. that's that's CNN. That's which which man. I thought was way over the just way over the top. It was it was an interesting debate, but it had gone too far, and it was all about Kaepernick. Wow. You know, and I, and I think the country man is just that divided. I wish people you know. would have the same type of um, um, uh, passion as it relates to um, gun control. Well, let, let me say, man, I'm, what what disturbs me the most right now is we've got some significant tragedies happening. If you look at what's happening in Cali right now with the fires, oh gosh, that is, I mean. That is, um, I mean, have you watched it? Have yeah. you watched? I was, I was listening to NPR, man. I'm listening to how these communities, people have been there for five generations. Oh, yeah. Their community, I mean, they are going through the same things that the people in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands go. Their, their, oh, yeah. their world is Eviscerated. gone. Eviscerated. Right. It's gone. <laughs> you know, when you've got that, you got Puerto Rico, you got people in Houston still recovering. You've got people from Irma. You know, and we still got people from still, Katrina. Katrina, there's so much stuff happening in the world, and we're dealing with this, man. We're dealing with narratives. We're dealing with posturing and positioning. It's all political, right? Right. I it's, mean, it's all political. You know, now I'm hearing that. You know, for, it's all about getting reelected. Well, last week the Congress was talking about that they were going to um, look at the whole bump stop thing. Yeah. Now they have flipped it back and said, "No, we're going to let the ATF look at it." Oh, yeah. You know. And see, that that's what I'm talking about. We just so, had a significant right. tragedy. And so now they're talking about uh, now they're talking about looking at hotel but, security but now. But the the further you get away from the tragedy, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. People are forgetting, except for the people, the families who are forever impacted. You know, by it. you know what's happening now is that as opposed to in the past. Yeah. Is that we have so much access to news now. Yeah, it's coming at it's it's coming at such a greater clip. Yeah, that in the past, an incident like Vegas could would, stay with you longer. longer right mm-hmm. now, it's like it's a tsunami of new info. Yeah, new news cycles, feed yeah. cycles, yeah. and it's just it's it's almost it's numbing. Yeah. Well, you know, my my whole thing, and I've been saying this. I mean, you know, I, I know y'all joke with me about kumbaya, man, but. There's got to be a level of solidarity when you consider everything that's going on and and, and what's happening and how a lot of these 
communities, man, are being impacted. I mean, way beyond a lot of the BS, you know, a lot of the stuff right now that you're seeing that, that that's being tweeted. You know right. what I mean? You know All what right. I'm saying? Well, it, it's just like, what are you tweeting about that for, man? Right. I mean, my whole point with, with 45, you know what? You know, Here's my thing. You won, do something, or get out, okay? Yeah. And, and my other point is, you ain't doing anything, so why are you tweeting about things that aren't going to help you do anything? Because it's not ultimately going to get any policy. Because right. right now, you look at what's happening. Have you heard anything about the tax bill? No. Moving forward? The only you're way, losing votes. The only thing <laughs> you mess well, with Corker. Well, <laughs> mess, you yeah, know, you're pissing, yeah, right. you're pissing people off. McConnell's pissed. What he is focusing it's crazy. on, what he is focusing on right now, and what Steve Bannon has encouraged him to focus on, yeah, chaos. It, the, <laughs> is, 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 is a is a cult, is a cultural war. I just, you know, what I feel like, man. I feel like, uh, what's his name, Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker. Is in the White House. <laughs> That's a compliment, man. That's no, a compliment, man. No, it ain't. No, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like, I'm like Tillerson. That's a moron, and all. That is like, I just feel like the Joker's in there, man. <laughs> just don't know what's next. You know what I'm saying? I, it's just like anarchy, man. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there's got to be a point where calmer heads prevail, and and I just, you know, and 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 candidly. You know, you, you do wish for the days of old, you know, which was like two years ago. I, I love I, I love it. A year ago. I love what Angela Ross says. She says, Damn. She says, I'm hell. Missing. She says, hell. I'll be I'll take selfies with W right now. <laughs> Damn. I mean, because you, I mean you said something. You just want to go back. You I mean, I mean you said something. Take me back. <laughs> you said something, uh, I forgot when it was, but it's it's kind of true. I mean, when you when you really think about it, man, what's going on? Um, what's really going on right now, man? It's it's just it's just numbing. It is, man. It it, it really is numbing, it's man. Anarchy, I mean, man. You know, uh, I might have disagreed with a lot of what W said, his policies and stuff. Yeah. But I never thought the man was crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, he would make you know you get pissed off without a doubt. Right. Talking Bush. Okay. Right. You get pissed off. With just about any president, I, I mean, I've had my moments with all of them, right. but but candidly, I've never felt this way. And and I didn't grow up in the Nixon era. Maybe there are people who remember that Nixon era. You know, I don't. I was too young. I remember. I remember. You know, um, I definitely remember Reagan. Yeah, and I remember I, Reagan. And there I, were people who who were hardcore anti-Reagan too. Right. I, I remember. But never to the point where, well, I think toward the end, people started questioning. If he was truly in control. Well, I think the, the Iran-Contra hearing, mm -hmm. that episode right there, I think that blew the lid off what was going on. Yeah. yeah. Up until that point, they did a pretty good job of containing. Yeah. But I've, you, never, I've never seen anything like this, man. Right, right. And so, yeah, I, I've never seen anything like this myself, man. I mean, President O had his critics. He had some people that were... That 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 would just vis have visceral hatred against him, mm -hmm. but I've never seen a point where you're talking about every poll that I see. Yeah, I don't care who puts it out; it's always north of fifty in terms of disapproval and and but you know and what? untrust. I just, I just still have this feeling that somehow he's going to prevail and get eight years. Up well, the, 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 I can, that scares the crap well, the, out of the, 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 And I think that scares, because what he's doing is... Even though Bannon came out with that 
Yeah, ray yeah. Of well, hope. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> that to ray me, of hope. Yeah, that, that that's a misdirection play. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. That's a misdirection play. I think that because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna punch you and and, and, st- because, and stab you <laughs> because he has such a solidified yeah. base. Yeah, he has literally formed a third party. Yeah, and that that has it is to the consternation of all the other major parties because you cannot win the office. Yeah. without going through his his base. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, let me real quick. I'm going to ask you about something. What's that? Consider we, we, we're, since we're on politics a little bit, the Atlanta situation, Atlanta mayors. It's like it's like Snow White and the Twelve Dwarfs, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I mean, I, I was looking at the. That's uh, funny. I was looking at the latest. Can poll- I use that? <laughs> I was looking at the latest um, polling, man. I yeah. mean, there has been some um, some movement. Yeah. Um, I think Mary Norwood, who's the white candidate, and she, well, she's got forty something. No, nah, she's at twenty. Oh yeah, that's right. Twenty right. twenty one to twenty two percent. But uh, do you see the undecided? The undecided was at 18%. That's high. That's very high. Yeah. And, um, you know, the there are some candidates with high brand recognition who are not even polling over 6%. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I didn't realize. So that, they need to go. They need to drop out. They need to drop out. And, and endorse somebody. Right. Yeah. I didn't realize this. Yeah. Mary Norwood. When she ran against Kasim Reed, oh, it was close, dude. It was seven hundred. I mean, it was it was very a, close. It was a very close race. Yeah, and so that scares me because what it says is that he had a much stronger brand recognition than these people that are currently running. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a woman that Keisha Lance Bottoms. She has um, surged, but she's still behind. And yeah, she's picked up the endorsement. She picked a up Kasim, a, right? a Kasim Reed. Well, basically, she works as administration. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's so she has like 19%. Mm-hmm. Then there's another white guy. He was in Kasim's administration. Yeah, he was the finance director? Yeah, or? I think he has 12%. Yeah. And then after that, it just like drops under 6%. Yeah, yeah. And so that's like, again, you got people with high name recognition. Mm-hmm. They just need to go ahead and pull out. Yeah. Just pull out. And, and get behind Right. Get behind somebody. Get behind somebody. Yeah. But again. But you're right. With, Snow White and the 12 doors. Yeah. Yeah. Seven doors. <laughs> 12 and a half. Yeah, seven whatever. and a half. Yeah. And, and, and then with the fact is that when you start looking at the changing demographics of the city. Yeah. And voter turnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it bodes well for Mary Norwood. I think yeah. it's going to be a runoff. Yeah. But. It's just it's 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 very it's it's, it's changing, man. It's really mm-hmm. changing. I mean, because yeah. when Maynard won in seventy three, we went to third grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, wow. I don't even remember. I don't remember much about Sam Massell. And he was he was a first. I remember the name. He was a, without fr- a doubt first yeah. Jewish guy. Yeah. First Jewish mayor we've had. Yeah. I mean, just think about it, from seventy three up until now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had nothing but a, a, a African American yeah. uh, in office. Yeah, and and how Atlanta. As Atlanta goes, the metro right. goes. Even it, if you don't live within the city proper, right. it has impact on Well, and also, too, the Atla- metro. metro also, also, Atlanta was the blueprint yeah. for a lot of cities as mm-hmm. it relates to the, 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 the election of many black mayors around the country. Yeah, you're right. And now everyone is looking to Atlanta, and they say, like, well, I mean, Detroit, Detroit with Coleman Young there and, and Kwame, and mm-hmm. Kwame screwed that up. So Detroit now has a white mayor. Yeah. Okay. New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans. D.C. right now is mm-hmm. flirting with, about to have a white mayor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the cities that will quote black meccas yeah. are, uh, are changing. Yeah. And it's going to have a tremendous impact on uh, 
particularly urban, these urban cities, as it relates to how these cities are being managed. Forward. Well, you know, the interesting thing, and, and this came up or has come up when you look at how the demographics have changed based on affordability. Right. People can no longer afford to live in the core of the city of Atlanta. Well, you know, and, and a lot of that started. A lot of those projects got. Uh, you know, well, you know, it, it started mm-hmm. when Atlanta won the Olympics. Absolutely. In, in, in they 90, started moving people in up. In 1990, yep. when the Olympics was awarded to Atlanta, yeah. by 92, uh, full scale um, uh, construction projects were in place. Yeah. So, um, for example, um, by the AU Center, mm-hmm. um, there's a housing project. Um, University homes. Yeah. Okay. People yeah. don't. A lot of people don't know what university homes. University homes for you, for you, for you people who are not from Atlanta, and even some of people from Atlanta, mm-hmm. was the first public housing project in America. Wow. Okay. That and Techwood Homes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. When the Olympics came, mm-hmm. they moved those people out. Oh yeah. To, they they shut them all down. To 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 Bankhead Court. They right. Started. They know, shut them down. Yeah. And so then what happened was they start moving them to other counties. Homes. <laughs> they start moving them to other counties. Yeah, man. Right. So that's yeah. one of the reasons why College Park is in the state it is in right now. Well, you know, not more more so like Riverdale. Yeah. Ri- and and Clay, Clayco. Clay, Clay, Clay Clay College Park. Yeah. Clay Clayco. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the poorest counties mm-hmm. in the state. Wow. You know. Yeah. And so people don't understand when all that started to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started moving people out, taking that property, mm-hmm. and start building these high rises and these these townhomes. Section eight housing went away. It went away. Yeah. And so we so we did this in a matter of progress, mm-hmm. but now uh, it's coming back mm-hmm. to bite us from a political perspective. Yeah, it's interesting, man. It, oh yeah, it, it's going to be probably one of the. Would you say probably nationally one of the it's closely an, watched? Oh, oh yeah, city. Oh yeah, mayoral races. Oh, that's I think in that's a, a long time. I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's an understatement. I think yeah. that's going to be under the last time this election was watched as close was when Maynard won the first time. Really? Wow, it's going to be interesting because man. again, for years we 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 took it for granted. Yeah, not anymore. That's yeah. right, brother. That's right. Hey man, so uh, hey man, I just appreciate you doing it again, man. Oh man, you know. We number 60, 60 is 60, next. 60, baby. Can you believe it? I can't believe it, man. I <laughs> Getting to 100. Getting to 100. I know. But hey, uh, don't forget, y'all, you can go to um, uh, go to our, you know, all, all of our pages. We are, we're on uh, SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. But you can also go to castropolis.net, C-A-S-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S.net. Uh, your girl, Regina Love, your buddy, is there, too. She is. She's been kind of quiet, man. Yeah, she's been very quiet. And her crew, man. They've been very quiet, man. You know, we challenged them and they, I don't know what happened, man. (laughs) They've been very quiet. But yeah, Regina. Yeah. And then, then of course, we got some other stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Buddha as well. Larry Reed Live. Buddha. They uh, they did their thing. Uh, V Terrell. V Terrell. Yeah, you can still check him out. Is Terrell or Terrell? Terrell, I don't know. I just call him Buddha, man. Yeah, I think that makes that's easier. <laughs> that's easier for me. Well, you know, some brothers, yeah. you know, their name is Terrell or Terrell. Terrell. Terrell, you know. Whatever. Hey, by the way, man, one more thing, and, and I'm going to wrap up on my little blurb. Um, Connie Hawkins. The Hawk, man. Passed away this week. And, you know, Monty yeah. Hall from the, the Price is Right passed. Oh, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom Petty passed. Tom Petty, yeah, we missed Tom Petty. Yeah. yeah. Connie Hawkins, man, he, he, was, he, was, um, he was one of those first athletes 
that back that came from the ABA to the NBA mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was athletic. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he was yeah. in that the school of the, the, the Julius Irvins and those type of guys. Yeah, you he know? played for the Hawks what one year? One year something like that. Was Before the, that, he was Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was in the ABA. But but you know the story behind his career. He got caught up in a quote unquote point shaving scandal in college, mm. and the NBA would not allow him to be drafted. So he went to the ABA. So he had to go to the ABA, and and he sued uh, the NBA right before, um, well, he won. He sued and won. I think he won a million dollars, and it allowed him to go to Arizona. But he missed, really, um, I I guess the prime of his career out of the NBA because of that whole point-shaving scheme. And unfortunately, because of the way the He didn't get to play. Yeah. Because of the way the networks were at the time, many yeah. of us never saw his greatness. No, you didn't. I mean, you, he was still a good player. He had that that arm length, that that yeah. you know that wingspan. But um, bottom line is that was one thing. Candidly, I never knew. I never knew he he didn't have the opportunity to play in the NBA because of that. I mean, but the NBA commissioner at the time um, banned him from the NBA. Well, you know what? Because uh, of that in college. Yeah. Well, you know, back and it was never proven. It was never proven. Yeah. Well, you know, back then those commissioners really had a um, um, uh, a landholder plantation on them. Oh yeah. Because they they definitely could back then. Right. Because you didn't have the, the and, news cycle. And you know. the AB and also yeah. that was a that was a that was one of the great things about the ABA was that. A lot of kids, mm-hmm. a lot of African American like Moses Malone, etc. It gave them opportunity to play ball. Yeah, I agree. When others did, yeah. And so the ABA was like, "Hey, mm-hmm. we just want talent. We don't, we don't care yeah, about we, yeah, your baggage. All, all that. You yeah, know, we'll just, deal with that along the way. We yeah. just want your paper. That's so. Yeah. Uh, hope rest in peace. Um, yeah, yeah. The Hawk. Yeah, Connie Hawk, man. Yeah. Know. He he uh, he actually was. Um, He's in the he Hall retired of with uh, Arizona. Right, yeah. If, if I, I mean, no, no, I'm sorry, Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. That's Arizona, Arizona. bro. Yeah, yeah, you're right, man. <laughs> you call him, man. You call him Phoenix. Right, right. But hey, man, appreciate you again, again right, this Pac. week. And, um, and y'all, we appreciate your support. Uh, we do. Don't forget, share us where you can. And, um, and you know, more to come. We got some good stuff coming That's up. That's right. So, so it, Tommy gave you guys all the ways you can reach out to us, right? Mm-hmm. All right, we want you guys to, again, go to those those areas, Castronopolis. Castronopolis.net. Yeah. Uh, our Facebook page. Uh, yeah, you know, don't worry about the Facebook. You can go to the uh, Castronopolis.net, and when you go to iTunes or you even go to the SoundCloud, uh, SoundCloud you can yeah. you can give us feedback. We yeah, love g- that. Give us feedback. We yeah. love it. And, uh, we, you know, if you got ideas, yep. uh, we'll, you know, we'll, re- we'll reach your idea on the air. You know? Absolutely, man. So, Absolutely. again, but we want to thank you guys for hanging in there with us mm-hmm. for... 59 episodes. 59 episodes. And with that, 59 is done. It's All right. a wrap. Peace. Send in the stat book. <laughs> You've been listening Peace. to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail. 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap, SB the G, graphics, Lady J. Thanks for listening.